Ladies and gentlemen, this is These Go to Eleven. This is a first that I'm doing the introduction because Nathan Bell is here, but he is out attending to a massive nosebleed. Um, Don't mess with me. No, yeah, exactly. We have a very special guest in studio, uh, you know, that is uh, famous. He's well-credentialed. Of course, I'm talking about Scott Perry, um, <laughs> who is here with us. Scott's been on our, uh, our podcast in the past. Uh, with uh, his high school friend Steve uh, Molesky, as we've talked about Orioles stuff. And uh, when he was here, what's got about a month ago? Two, yeah, about a month and a half. Yeah, it was at the midway point of the Orioles season when we were feeling uh, really, you know, decent. We were at 500 and uh, feeling like, you know, the Orioles had a, a pretty good shot. Steve was here and we asked him, said, we'd love to do something like this with a, a, a knowledgeable sports guy to do a Ravens preview. And he said, hey, what about Garceau? And um, we asked if he could put in a, a good word. So that's our real special guest. It's Scott Garceau, who is uh, from The Fan, uh, 105.7, and that doesn't do the half of it. Scott, at the risk of embarrassing you, first of all, welcome. Good to be here. Yeah, it, it's great having you on. It's a, a real honor. Uh, I'm not going to deny my nervousness. Uh, when, I, when, yeah, <laughs> when, when I think of the um, Ravens uh, 2000 season. You know, I mean, it's always your voice that I hear. That great play, uh, that's your voice, am I right, Scott? The the, the Tennessee game uh, in the playoffs that year when uh, Lewis stripped the ball from Eddie George. Isn't that that's your it. call that that's you were it. making? Yeah, yeah, that's Tom Maddy, and I probably hear Tom cheering in the background. But oh. yeah, I always thought that that was kind of Ray's signature play. I mean, there's so many good ones in his yeah. Hall of Fame career, but if I go back and think about one play, I guess what it meant. You know, oh, I, yeah. Re- remember, that team at that time had never had a winning season right. in franchise history. I mean, 2000 kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. As I, I reminded Brian Billick often shortly after that, yeah. too good too soon. You know, they're, they're going to expect this every year. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That that game was uh, was incredible. I remember that game was just such a fluky game. Uh, there the was block the, kick. Yeah, yeah, the block yeah. kick. It was such a, a bizarre game. And that play, though, was amazing. Uh, the way you just saw, you know, when they, they slow it down, you see Lewis's eyes zeroing in on that ball, and he says, I knew it. I knew I could take that ball, you know, and he, he just took it right out of Eddie George. Moment. That was a great Oh, moment. oh, incredible. And I've gotten way, way ahead of myself. Scott, okay. I, I'm not going to do a bio of you justice, so can you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, family? I know you're not from here. We know yeah. that you are a Green Bay guy or a Wisconsin guy. Uh, Actually, Northern Michigan, close Northern to, Michigan, okay. close to the Wisconsin border. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, give us your Reader's Digest life story. Yeah, real and- quick. Um, Dad was an iron, underground miner. Worked in the iron mines. Yeah. Mom uh, worked worked uh, grocery store checkout. Later managed a uh, a women's clothing store. I, w- I was the youngest of three boys. My brother Dennis was the athlete of the family. And uh, he's probably the reason I'm sitting here with you guys and the reason I got into this. Five years older than me, he was the all-star shortstop, starting quarterback on the high school football team, senior class president, National Honor Society. I came into high school as he was leaving, and I, I, I'm still upset with him to this day because teachers and coaches would say, you're Dennis's brother? You know what I mean? And he <laughs> yeah. set the bar pretty high for me. Yeah. But – you know, I loved hanging out with him when I was five, six, seven, eight years old and going to all his games, and I was the bat boy and the water boy and all that stuff when I was little, but I, I developed this love for sports. Yeah. And when I wasn't playing it, I was watching it, listening to it, and um, so that kind of got me going, and you get old enough where you start thinking about you're going to have to get a job in life, and 
I worked in the mines in the summer. They, wow. they would hire us. They would hire us as like summer relief, and it was good money when you were going to school, hard work, and you'd go, "Man, I'm really going to hit the books. I don't want to do this the rest right. of my life like that." Right. Yeah. Um, but then I started thinking about being love sports. I wanted to be a coach or a broadcaster. Yeah. And I tell the story, Coach Phillips, whose scouting report on me was he's not very big, but he's slow. Yeah. You know, he kind of helped me develop my broadcast career because I, I realized I probably wasn't going to be the next. Uh, Bart Starr, Brooks Robinson, Al Kaline at that age. So how can I make a living in sports? And I thought about coaching, was serious about that. And then one day after football practice, guys hanging out, it's dark outside, and here comes Coach Phillips out of the shower area, you know, kind of squeegeeing up and grabbing a jock strap and a towel and cleaning (laughs) up. And I said, well, maybe I'll I'll be a broadcaster. You know, there's a a coaching side that isn't so glamorous that we don't get to see. Not everybody's Vince Lombardi or Earl Weaver. And, uh, you know, I I started in broadcasting at home when I was 19 years old in radio. Um, Interesting twist, just uh, irony. One of the teams I covered was Iron Mountain High School. And, And their two guards on that basketball team were Tom Izzo, yeah. Michigan State's head coach and Steve Mariucci, wow. who went on to good things in coaching in the National Football League and now broadcasting on the NFL Networks. But yeah. I've known those two since they were 14 years old and their wow. families. And, uh, so, yeah, and I was 21 when I started in television and uh, spent four years in Marquette, which was Marquette, mm-hmm. Michigan, home area. Uh, and then I, I was married about a year, and my wife and I kind of sat on, unseen without any children went to Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's like yeah. I got called up to AAA. Yeah, right? yeah. And that was that was the Dodgers Farm Club at that time. And they had some great teams. Uh, Dave Stewart, Rick Sutcliffe. Uh, yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, they, they had three 20-game winners on that pitching staff. Bob Welch. Um, a lot of Mike Socia was there, the uh, Angels manager. Yeah. He was catching at the time. Terry Collins, the Mets manager, was there as a utility infielder. Ron Washington was yeah. the third baseman, went on to manage. So a, a lot of interesting personalities on that team. And I, I was 20-something, wow. and, and this is pro baseball. So four years in Albuquerque, and then I got a chance to come to the big leagues. You know, the Colt Channel 2 made me the offer. I was going to be weekend sportscaster, and I looked in Channel Two was the was the Orioles station at the time. Right, right. You know, Brooks and Chuck were doing the TV games, and uh, they were also the Colts station because the Colts right. were still in town, and they did the Colts preseason telecast. And I thought, well, that might be a nice opportunity to have a chance to work into that. And I've been here since 1980. Both wow. my daughters are now in their 30s. Were born here, and yes, they're, they're Marylanders through and through. And one of your daughters just got married. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, Kelly got married August first. They left for Greece today in their honeymoon. Oh, wow, that's great! And and my younger daughter was married a year and a half earlier, Danielle, and we're expecting our first grandchild in October. Wow, so we're excited. It's yeah. a boy. It's a boy. Yeah, very that's good. Awesome. Yeah, so a lot of good things going on. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> when did you? Uh, I wanted to know about your your radio broadcasting um, career. I know you took over for the Ravens in in uh, nineteen ninety six, correct? With yeah, the, first year, year. They came here. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I got to admit because I grew up listening to to Chuck Thompson doing everything. He's in the Baltimore. best. Yeah, and I thought he was the greatest play by play man that ever lived. And when you took over, I thought, oh, they're going to give it to some local guy. He just he's just a TV sports guy. And I was like, ah, I wish they'd get something. But you guys were fantastic. And I yeah. miss doing. I miss hearing your voice doing Ravens. I grew up with radio sports. And probably mm-hmm. a lot of us the did. older yeah. generations. Yes. I hate to admit it, but I'm one of those now. 
and I most of my memories are not TV memories. They're no. radio Interesting. Memories. I grew up here in Chuck's great call and Bill O'Donnell's just dug the sensei's home run. And, and when you took over, I was like, ah, but you, you guys were fantastic. Thanks. And we it had hasn't been the same, honestly, since. And nothing nothing against Jerry. Sure. He does a great job, too. But you guys just were the inaugural voice. And it, I just I missed that, you and yeah. Tom. Well, we get uh, – <clears throat> I felt bad when it ended – uh, and it was, uh, you know, the rights changed and they wanted their people. And sure, I get, sure. I get the business end of that, but I especially felt bad for Tom because he's he'd been involved in football in this town since he showed up as a rookie at the Colts in, what, yeah. 1961. Wow. And, you know, he, he took that hard. And for me, first couple of years or two, felt like I should have been there on game day. But uh-huh. you, you adjust, you move on, new doors open. Uh, but we had, we had 10 years of great fun. Uh, we got to see... A ton of things, like the first game ever yeah. at Memorial Stadium. Remember, we were just so proud to have to be back in the NFL after, after getting Raiders. kicked around for twelve years oh, to the curb and passed over an expansion and going through all that. We had our football team. That was such a proud day. Johnny, you and Brooks are there yeah. to kind of get the ceremony started. And we didn't care if we got beat fifty-four to three. I don't think right. we had football, and they, it turned out they won the game. They won. Nice. Yeah, it that was, was against a thrill going, but the, going back yeah. to Memorial Stadium and yeah. sitting there oh, and seeing yeah. that place packed to the gills again. Yeah, and I remember that saying, you know, there was all these instructions on because they weren't used to having crowds there anymore. It's yeah. like we'll be fine. We did this before. Everything's going to be fine. Right. And I, it was a great day. And I had the same passion for Chuck that you did. See, to me, Chuck was a different di- different cat because. To me, growing up in northern Michigan, Chuck was the guy that did the Colt games. Right. Because back then, CBS yeah. would have the hometown announcer, and that was Ray Scott for the Packers. Mm-hmm. I remember Ray it Scott. Was, it was Chuck Thompson for the Colts. It was Van Patrick for the Lions. And, and I only knew Chuck as, he's the Colts guy. He'd have right. the hat on and yeah. love that voice and love yeah. the way he called the game. Didn't always like the teams he was broadcasting <laughs> for, because Lenny Moore and those guys were a pain in the butt. Right. If your team was right. the Green Bay Packers and yeah. Johnny U. But I had I had this great admiration for Chuck, and then I came to Baltimore, got a chance to to know him. I yeah. worked with him on Oriole broadcasts. So when they when they gave us the job in 1996, I went to the people at the radio station and I said, I want Chuck Thompson to call the opening kickoff. Wow! I said, I'm if, if I'm doing the game, Chuck can do the opening kickoff. And I called Chuck, talked to his wife Betty, and she said, Oh. I, I'll give him the message, Scott, that it, that is so nice, and I'm sure he'd like to do that. Wow. So as it turned out, Chuck had to be down on the field. There was some pregame ceremony that he was a part of. I remember that. So I said, let's let's make this work. So we got a sideline mic, and Chuck probably couldn't see very well. Yeah. You know, I mean, down on the field, and he was getting up in his years. Yeah. But if you go back and listen to the opening kickoff, Chuck called it. He was down on the field. Wow. I remember he called it and then threw it up to the booth. To us. Great. I thought that, what a great that was the only way to great transition. Gesture. And Chuck meant so much to me, and I know how much he means to everybody oh. in this community. I still can't listen yeah. to his Hall of Fame speech without breaking down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My kids are looking at me. What are you crying for, Dad? I said, listen to this speech. Yeah. I grew up listening to this guy. Listen this to guy. that voice. Oh, my you goodness. Know, <laughs> Chuck was well into his years, and that – Great voice that God had gave him. Yeah. It got better. If it, anything, it, yeah. it didn't. He didn't lose a thing. No. No. I, I listen. I got the baseball package. I listened to Vince Scully, and and I'll just turn on to hear an inning. And sure. I really don't care about the Dodgers that much. Right. But I got to hear Vin for an inning because yeah. I don't know how old he is. He's coming back for a sixty first or sixty second season. <laughs> they just announced he's coming back next year. Wow. And wow. his voice quality is is as good as it ever it was. And you know what else? Because I'll listen for an inning or two. 
and he'll be talking about the utility infielder for the other team who's a nobody, and he'll have a story and background about him, which tells me he's been scholar. He could just show up and do the game. He's still doing his homework like he's a rookie broadcaster. So, So much... So much preparation, and wow. uh, boy, you got to admire that. And that's the way Chuck was right to the end. Wow, wow, yeah, Scott uh, Perry here, our friend. Uh, you have that uh, little anecdote, Scott, where you were uh, weren't you coaching a kid? Oh, great story! Yes, it was my son. My oldest son made his all star team at White Marsh, <clears throat> and I, I was going to help out coaching the all star team. It was, I think, he was like twelve years old. And so I'm out there on the field. I'm running around. And this kid's, and I don't, I don't even remember his name now. He keeps telling me, you know, my Uncle Chuck is coming to the game. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, that's good. And he kept saying it. You know, my Uncle Chuck's going to be yeah. here. And I'm like, all right, well, who cares? I mean, I, my father's name's Chuck, my and that's Uncle really Dave good. might be here. Right, Mike, uh, and, you know, so, so we, this went on for three or four times. And I, I come running over to the bench to get a drink of water or something. And there's a lady sitting. It's his mother. And she says, do you know who Uncle Chuck is? And I said, no, I don't. She said, it's Chuck Thompson. I said, Chuck Thompson's coming to this game? Now I'm nervous wreck. You know, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh. So sure enough, he shows up for the game and I was coaching third and I hear this voice behind me. You know, yeah. it's a, he's not, oh, what a glorious afternoon for baseball. That's great. He's not sneaking up. up. It's like, is yeah. God looking? Is God seeing something? <laughs> and it was a beautiful day and I got his art. I got a picture of me and my dad and Chuck and my son. And it was just like one of those, like if I had to pick my all-time favorite day, that was it. There you yeah, go. That was it. And yeah. it, was, it was just, what a great man. Yeah. And, you know, he was getting older then, too. Mm-hmm. He was you with said, his wife, uh, Betty. Betty. was a yeah. second wife, right? Yeah, yeah. Betty. Yeah. You said, Scott, uh, that, that you, know, you could tell there's grown men that are tearing up. Oh. And there, there's something about that nostalgia. I mean, I was, my brother and I, I mean, I think of the uh, you know, 70s Orioles when I was a, a kid. And my mother during the April May days would always, you know, because we we shared a room, mm-hmm. but we each had a little Walkman radio, yeah, yeah. and we would listen to those West Coast games. And she would too. she would not yeah. she, she would not let us stay up, yeah. but we did. <laughs> Sorry, mom, if you're listening. And it was his, and just there was something about his voice. He came out and threw at the first pitch yeah. that day. And I'm telling you, I'm glad I had dark sunglasses. Yeah, on. yeah. Oh, but think about this: tears coming down, and it, what's the matter, Dad? I got something in my eye. I'm yeah. pretty sure something. Yeah. Well, but it was just a great moment. You know, every everything's available on TV now. But yeah. when when we were growing up and were younger, you had limited games on TV. Yeah. yeah. So the radio was your link to your team usually. Absolutely. And we've always said, when you're doing a game on TV, you're important. You're, you're the broadcaster, and you. But when you're doing radio, you're painting the whole picture. Yes, when, right. when you're doing TV, TV is the picture, yeah. and you're supplementing the picture. But right. when you're doing radio, you and I've talked to I've talked to Chuck about it, John Miller, wow. who've who've done both, and ask them to a man. I think the great ones will all tell you they'd much rather do radio, radio. than television. Yeah. Wow, you know, I mean television is where the medium went, right? Pretty much, but it, r- radio. Those are the artists, the oh, Chucks yeah. and the Vin Scullys. And, and it really has changed. Uh, none of my kids, they're, they're huge fans, but they don't listen on the radio. No. No, they see they'll come home. They'll come home. You know, they both drive now. They'll come home and uh, they'll walk in and say, Dad, what's the score? I'm like, you were just in the car. Why weren't you listening on the radio? Right. Yeah, they, 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 do they will occasionally, but they don't, it doesn't, for me and you. It's a different way. Yeah. That's what we did. And I, I remember opening day this year, my son had a high school game and I was up in Northeast and I'm sitting on the bleachers, Orioles opening day. 
and I got my headphones with the, with the game on the radio, and the guy in front of me's got his he's got his cell phone or, or his iPad, and he's trying to. He said, "Do you know the app to get?" Yeah. I said, "It's on the radio. Yeah. Just put the radio. On. You don't have to do all that stuff. <laughs> Make it you know, complicated. Like how different? You know how different it is now than it was when we were growing up. Yes. Everyone listened on the radio. It is true. And and speaking of Scott, your partner in crime on the fan, Jeremy, does a great uh Who? Uh, uh, uh Jeremy. Jerry Love? Yeah, yeah. Jerry, Love. Okay. Jerry Love. Jerry Love does a great um is it uh, I don't know if it's Angel or Fred Manford. Who's, oh, yeah. who's oh, one Joe of those Angel. Says, Joe Angel. Wave bye bye. And uh, does yeah. does does a great uh, one. he's he's great with the voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah he he is. He uh you you, you two are skill. a great yeah. team. Great team. I was gonna ask Scott, uh we are and and you know uh, I'm not sucker punching you. Tell us what you're comfortable. We're a faith-based podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, first of all, thank you for giving your time. I know you're you're a local to where our church is, and you could probably be doing a few other things tonight. Uh, but being here is very, very meaningful. And just, just a sense for some of our listeners that are kind of want to know uh to the degree that you're comfortable church background yeah sure uh yeah grew up us. grew up in a catholic family uh-huh. and still practice uh still try to attend church regularly on yeah. sundays yeah uh, faith's very important to me it's central in my life wow yeah. wow yeah. that and i have to that must have been tough uh sundays when you were doing ravens games it was yeah. uh here's here's a good one uh under ted marchabroda mm-hmm we had a priest that would travel with the team. Home games, mass would be in Ted's office. Interesting. It would last about 25 minutes. Okay. Goose might come in with only a, a jock strap on or underwear. Uh, you know, there were usually seven or eight of us. Hey, we should try that here. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback. And well, he, oh, that's he right. That's in. right. And then there were some team employees that were there. And uh, Father Chris, who said Mass is a good friend, I still see him, and yeah. we, we've stayed in touch over the years. But we had a we had a standing joke when we'd get on the charters, and uh, Father Chris would ch- travel with the team. Um, for first time, Father Chris is across the aisle, and yeah. Tom Maddie and I would sit together with an empty seat between us, and I would say, "Hey, Father, if you got time, maybe you could hear Tom's uh, Tom's confession on this yeah. flight." And, <laughs> And, and then we'd say, well, wait a minute, we're only going to Cincinnati. This isn't long enough. So the next flight, I, we were playing the Raiders or somebody out west. I said, Father, this could be the flight. We might have time for Tom's confession. But That's great. No, That's it's, great. it's always been, you know, a little guy was an altar boy. And, wow. Uh, went, wow. To a, uh, went to a Catholic grade school, first through eighth grade, sure. St. John's. We didn't have a Catholic high school in town, so then we all went. There was only one public school in town. It wasn't around here. Like, what school do you? Well, you went to Ishpeming High School. That's the right. only school in town. But no, it's uh, it's central to my life and ev- yeah. everything I do. Wow, wow, neat, Scott. Thank you, thank you. We. Uh, you meant, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Tom Matty a couple times, and uh, just to, just to chime in on that, a good friend of mine lives right down the street from Tom. Okay, yeah. off of Manor. I'm sure he's got. Oh yeah. Sure. Well, no, he has nothing but wonderful. And he doesn't yeah. know him, from, you know, from anybody else. But he says every now and then he'll have a party at his house, and everybody in the neighborhood is invited. No to his way. House. That sounds it's, like it's a nice big house. Man, yeah. Is it Carroll Manor Road. I can't yeah. remember. It's off of Manor Road. Yes. Yeah. And uh, my friend Lou has. He said a couple times he just a big party and just stop in and visit with Tom Matty. You know, he's a seems like a great giving great guy. guy. Yeah. Lights up a room. Everybody leaves feeling better about themselves when they've had some time and with him. he was wow. one hard-nosed football player. He we, really was. We yeah. had a little thing. Kevin Byrne jokes about it all the time from the Ravens because we'd go out to dinner, usually a Saturday night on the road. You know, the guys, the engineers, myself, Tom, maybe a couple people from the Raven like Kevin would join us. But after having dinner and maybe a glass of wine, they'd kind of poke me and say, okay. And we'd be in a crowded restaurant in Cleveland, Cincinnati, somewhere, and I, when they – 
kind of rib me to. So I would stand up and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, near Hall of Famer Tom Maddie." Yeah. And all the guys at the table would call, and, and Maddie would act like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And then pretty soon you'd look, and the Super Bowl ring would be traveling around the room. People wow. would be coming up for pictures. I'm a big Ohio State fan. Yeah, and, yeah. and Tom would love it. But we had, we had a lot of fun for ten years on the road, traveling, playing golf together. We still eat, we spend time in Ocean City together in the summers, and wow. we, we stayed close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we worked together. We did the Ravens for ten years. We did the Colts. We did the USFL. Yeah, Baltimore Stars in nineteen eighty five. Oh, we did the right. we did the CFL team on yep. TV a couple of years. We did some college football together. We're still doing the Turkey Bowl. Oh, Tom, right. Tom's done Calvert oh, Hall Loyola yeah. with me the last yeah. few years. So we've we've probably had a twenty five year working relationship. We had wow. a championship in the USFL, did we? Nineteen eighty five. We also yeah. had a championship in the CFL. Yep. Yep. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. Kind of went under the radar, but we did. Well, you know, that USFL team. We were talking about it recently. I think we had five NFL head coaches off of that team, and at least three general managers yes. in the NFL. And 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 maybe I don't know. I think there were three, four guys that became NFL Pro Bowlers. Sean Landetta, from yeah, Thousand right, Hill, right. Hunter, and Bart Oates, the center, went on to have oh, a real yeah. good career in the NFL. Uh, that that was a good football team. Jim Moore yeah. was the head coach, right, yeah. right, yeah. And then uh, I heard you guys recently on the fans got. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but who's the man that brought the uh, the CFL team here that won it? Jim Spiros. Spiros. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was a great interview. We just interview. had a 20-year reunion that I attended uh, about a month ago. And and that was – I was in seminary at that time, so I was up in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, my father is – you know, he's, he's – well, he moved here in 64 from uh, upstate uh, New York. And he pretty quickly changed allegiance. You know, uh-huh. he, he grew up – Yankees. Well, that was a and, good time here, yeah. Oh, and he, you know, he was there at the, uh, I think, second or third game at the 66 World Series. And, uh, you know, he, he's been telling me that recently. And um, uh, he was quite a fan. He has a hat, my, my dad does, that is, might be a collector's item, at least for somebody, because it's, it's an authorized CFL Baltimore Colts hat. Right. Oh, when, yeah, when they had to change the name. They <laughs> had that name for a short time. Yeah, they were the Colts and then the Stallions. The and Stallions. then one year they had no name. Well, no, they, went, they, w- they were going to be the uh, CFL Colts. And then the NFL attorneys cease and desist. They yeah. got all over them. Oh. They were going to lock them up in prison for years, and we'd never see them again. Right. And then they just became the CFLers. Right. You know, That's, in right. That That's right. That's right. That's right. And then they then they transitioned to stallions. Right. That's right. I remember yeah. we used to make kind of make fun of the league because we had they had one team with no name, which yep. was us, us and yep. then two teams were called the Rough Riders. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. That's they had right. the Rough Riders and the Rough Riders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's I like remember. when the uh, when the Browns became the Ravens and yep. came here that first year. They they just wore white in practice. They didn't have purple. They didn't have brown. Yeah. They kind of caught in the middle. They weren't sure what colors they're going to have. They had to order practice uniform. Right. So they were just all white. They they looked like the no team. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I'm for one, and I bet we all would agree that I'm glad we're not called the Browns. Yes. No. Yes. I, I don't think you know. Art mentioned that at the first news conference. What's the team going to be? And he said, "We're the Browns." And a lot of that. A lot of people go back to that. I think what happened: there was so much litigation, there were so many lawsuits from Cleveland yeah. coming back that he needed to hang on to that for a while. Yeah, and that would have been used in the negotiations as as they were going back and forth. But I really don't think he had any intention of coming to Baltimore and calling them. And, the and that's the Browns, still the yeah. thing that hurts the most for me. With yeah, the, the, the horseshoes and the colors that, that, that we lost. That we lost. It. Yeah. It's still, when I see, it's the, the helmets that do it for me. When I still see those helmets, it yeah. does. It does. But you know what? We're dinosaurs a little bit because 
our kids would really be upset if they were called. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. The Ravens. You're right. You know, so if you're under 50, probably. Yeah. That's not an issue. They they love ravens. They love purple. Yeah, yeah that's oh their, no question. Yeah, true, true. And I, we uh, of course are going to spend a little time, Scott, getting a, your sense of the 2015 Ravens. Have to ask you a quick question about the Orioles. Okay, sure. What what's happened? What happened? Right. Yeah, this is. Um, <clears throat> they've never been a great team this year. They yeah. went on that one run where they won 17 to 22, and you're right. going, yeah, okay, maybe because think about it. A year ago, they ran away with the division. They were fairly ordinary up until the All-Star break, yep. but the second half, the pitching clicked, yep. and they took off, and they got momentum, and they got confidence. I think exactly the opposite happened this year. They were okay around the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. They, were, yeah. they were in the hunt, and maybe they won't win the division, but they sure have a good chance at a wild card. And then about, whether were they 67 and 62, I think, and yeah. you're still thinking, okay, they, yeah, need, to get it they yeah. need to get it going a little bit, yep. and then it's it's just collapsed, and, yeah. and it's everything. I'm Starting pitching hasn't been very good. Every game they've lost in this 11 out of 12 stretch, they've scored three runs or less. I know. I know. So here's a team that's kind of built on power. Mm-hmm. They're not great at stringing together five singles and a double and a yeah. big rally, but you know, a walk, a base hit, and a three-run homer has kind of been their mo. Right. And all of a sudden, the power has kind of gone away. And I just, I just think now, I don't think they've quit at all. I don't. Yeah. Either. I, th- I think they're they're showing up and they're playing hard. And Buck wouldn't let them quit if they sure. wanted to. But they've lost confidence, and it's just not working right they're now. Clear, they're it's clear. Kind of, any of us yeah. who played sports at any level, not not on a professional level, you can talk youth leagues or whatever. Yeah. There's a point where you've got a team, and you know you got a real good chance to win when you get on the field. Right. It's like he's going to pick me up. He's going to yeah. pick me up. I'm yeah. going to do it tonight. You're going to do it tomorrow night. And then there's times when you just lose all that, and you're kind of yeah. looking around and going, "What what bad things going to happen tonight? Yeah. Somehow, some way, we're probably going to lose this game." And I think that's where they are right now. Yeah. It's just it's just not happening. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I mean, but as a professional, professionals, they have to figure out how to fix this. They oh do. yeah, they got. But I mean, I'm saying they're too good. They got too many games. Like they can't just tank it. And I'll, no, no, I don't, I don't think, think they, they will. They're, they're, yeah. To me, I, I was talking to Jeremy today. I said it's, it's it's little things to me, and I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. They'd have to do something pretty remarkable. I heard this. Yeah, but I said, you know what? I think it's since 1984 they haven't had four consecutive winning seasons. Wow. And they're a little bit under 500 now. They could make a little push here, yep. get back to 500. And to me, that's that's a small battle. You're not going to get a trophy for that one. Sure. But if this team could finish 500, I like that. Don't give in. Right. Don't give in. Keep battling. See if you can get your head above 500. And yeah. if something crazy happens, it happens. But keep firing away. Yeah. And real yeah. quick, I guess, before we move on to the Ravens, um, what's going to happen in the offseason? <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's key. That's key for probably this offseason might might determine what the next four to five years look like. Yeah. And, and I don't think uh, I don't think we're going to see him sign Davis, Weeders, and Chen. I don't think that's happening. And we can throw Darren O'Day's pretty valuable. He's wow. a free agent too. Uh, but maybe you could get one of those guys. Uh, we, we talked to uh, Keith uh, from ESPN today. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, Keith Law. Keith Law, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of respect for Keith's knowledge. And he said that he thought of those free agents that maybe Chen would be the one to bring back. Yeah. He said he, he's not so sure. He thinks the other two are going to get bid up pretty high. Yeah. And it only takes one team. But he said, you know, Chen's not a superstar, but he's very good and he's left-handed. And maybe the market won't be crazy because there's going to be a lot of good free agent pitchers this yeah. offseason. So if you could bring Chen back... And then take the money 
that you would have spent trying to get those other free agents and, and go out into the free agent market and bring in a couple of good players. Maybe you can bring Parra back. Yeah, um, yeah. Let, let's see, because the pitching staff's going to look different. I think Tillman and Gosman are back. After that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Who, who's going to be here yeah. next year? I've been here and talk about Jordan Zimmerman. I guess maybe that's a possibility. Yeah, I, I mean. Agent. Really, with the Nats. I, I mean, I, I, I would think, I would think, uh, and a lot of people don't have a lot of, I guess, optimism about the Orioles' management, front office, mm-hmm. ownership. But I got to think that Dan Duquette and Buck have to have a have a plan, yeah. and, and, and they know they know what they might lose. So how do we make up for this? And then you just can't throw crazy money around saying, "Oh, wait a minute, we lost Davis, we lost Weeders, we got to go out and get a free agent and buy two of Baldos or something." Right? You got to yeah. be careful right. how, how you're spending that money. I think it's and a- you got to keep developing in your own system. Because think about we went through the Yankee lineup the other day, and they can buy players. And I think we have Gardner out in left field. Everybody else, first, second, short. All the way around outfield, DH. I think four of the five, or all five starting pitchers. There was only uh, Batances, who's really good in the bullpen, yep. that were homegrown. Everybody right. else, they bought them. They right. bought them. That's they traded for them. They brought them in from somewhere else. Look around. Now there was a there was a time where Posada, Mariano Rivera, Jeter, mm-hmm. they had some homegrowns, but now McCann, the catcher, came from Atlanta. Right. Teixeira, he'd been around. Yeah. Texas, Atlanta, second base was from outside. Didi Gregorius, they just traded right. for him. Right. The Chase Headley's on third base. Center fields Ellsbury. Yep. He was in Boston. Right fields Beltran. Yeah. The DH is A Rod. He right. came from somewhere else. Sabath, you go down the start. Avaldi, all the starting pitchers came from somewhere else. Right. That's but they got great. enough money to throw around yeah. to fix that if it's not coming from your system but you got to develop within and right now the core of this team that's we know is going to be back is adam jones mm-hmm. right he what he wasn't he wasn't an oriole in the beginning but he came in early in his career sure. if he they, feels like an oriole. They, he does yeah they they helped develop him manny machado's an oriole up yep. through the system jonathan scope who really stepped up his game yeah, this absolutely. year absolutely he, he, he's an oriole so you're developing some of your own yeah, and, and that's what you have to do if you're a media market team. And I, I consider the Orioles, they're not a small market. They're not one of the big eight, ten. They're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And you can you can decide how much money Peter Angelos gets from Madison. I don't know what it is, but it's not like Yes Money in New York. It's not the no. Texas Rangers billion-dollar cable deal. Um, I think the Orioles are kind of a middle-of-the-pack franchise, yeah. and you have to develop in your own farm system. And then you can spend some money, but you can't. You can't miss on three big free agents right. if you're that kind of team. Don't you think it's important, Scott, that the as a gesture to the fans that we don't let our payroll go down? Oh, yeah, I yeah, agree. I mean, we gotta, sure. we got to say, hey, look, guys, even though we couldn't keep Chris Davis and Matt, we, yeah. we're still going to spend the money. I think they need to be 10 to 15 in payroll. I wouldn't want to see them much lower than 15, which is the middle of the league. Hmm. If you got right. 30 teams, I'd like to see them up a little closer to that 10 to 12 range. Yeah. And I think you can win there. Yeah. It's it's not all about money, but the teams that spend all the money have a lot greater chance of being in the playoffs sure. every year. And that's what you see with the Yankees. They're not winning the World Series every year, but they're probably going to be in the playoffs it, most yeah, years. Yeah, I think it's it's it gives yeah. them a little uh, more grace. That's a grace. And they oh, can yeah, miss. They, they, they can miss, miss on a couple of free agents. We can't, yeah. we can't they, miss on They could have there. three of Baldos miss on them and still have Are a playoff Are you saying the Baldo was a miss, you think? <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah. He did have a good first half. He had a great year. first half. Yeah. And That's he had a great second half in Cleveland. Think which about is, it. Yeah. Somebody was saying the other day, they said, yeah, they need to fire the hitting coach. The, you know, the hitting's really gone down. And I said, well, wait a minute. Let's think about this. And it's been terrible lately. Yeah. They haven't scored over three runs. I said, let's talk about the core of the team. Adam Jones. 
He's down a little this year, mm-hmm. but not a lot. He's having an Adam Jones year. At the end, mm-hmm. he'll be up toward 30 homers. Sure. He's having a nice year. Jonathan Scope really upped his game this yeah, year. Yeah, he did. Right? Went from hitting a little over 200 to closer to 300 this year. Uh, Manny Machado, brilliant year. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I thought he'd come back and play well. I didn't think his numbers would look as good as I think they'll look at in another month. So he's up. Jones is okay. Scope is up. Chris Davis, much better than last year, right? Yeah. There's four key guys in your offense that are all having better years than a year ago. Right. But all those complimentary guys, they went 0 for 5 or 0 for 6 on left and right field. Yes. You know, Diaz came in last year, looked like, hey, he could play left field. He's not going to be a star, but a nice complimentary player. Bust. DFA. Yep. Parmalee, DFA. Oh. Brandon Snyder had a nice second half in Pittsburgh last year. Uh-huh. Maybe he can come in, hit 20 homers, and hit 270. Mm-hmm. You know, Nope, DFA'd him. I mean, all those guys they missed on. They did. So I think part of it. Now, Caleb Joseph, nice year yeah, for yeah. him. I like and, him. And you know what? If, if Weeders goes and Caleb Joseph and a Clevenger type are the two catchers, I think you're okay I there. Too. I, I, I think you can spend money other other places and, and, and play with those guys. No doubt. No so, doubt. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll transition. You mentioned mention Nelson Cruz. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Keith Law, by the way, said today, I wouldn't assign Nelson Cruz. I heard him he say said, that. He said there's only one team that really wanted to give him a fourth year, and that's why he's in Seattle. Yeah. Right. And they're not winning. And, and look at them. Yeah. I mean, Cano, Cruz. Now, I mean, it looks terrible bad. because the Orioles aren't having a good year, and Nelson Cruz is yeah. having a triple crown oh, caliber season. Yeah. yeah, 320 average or yeah. something, I think. Yeah. And, Crazy, but um, well, I wanted to. Uh, I'll transition to Ravens a little bit. First of all, our, our host who hasn't said a word He's is back. back. Yeah, um, how we doing on time, David? Doing good. Still got a uh, still got plenty of time yeah. here. To keep I didn't rolling. like the way he looked at me when <laughs> I, I walked in. I hit him in the nose. But we're good friends now. We oh, that's right. Yeah. So you don't mess with Scott Garceau. I, I, I stayed quiet for the rest of the podcast. Yes, yes. You 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 do not mess with him. And uh, do Scott, not sass the man. We we want to be mindful of your time. I have to ask. Here's how I'll transition to the Ravens. Um, with sort of a reporter angle, do you know? Is it Brent or Brett Harris? Who, yeah, Brent. Yeah, and, no, Brent. Well, uh, so so, so he's somebody you know. <laughs> Obviously, I have to I, ask. I actually spoke to him yesterday. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Your your thought on that uncomfortable exchange at halftime on the preseason game this past week? I thought it was horrible. I yeah. thought it was. I think Brent did his job. He didn't ask any crazy questions. No, no. He, he asked about things we saw in the first half and. And, and John went about third grade on him. Yeah. John yeah. went third grade on him and the stare in the end. And the week before, he'd pushed the camera. I saw that. Uh, so he was he was 0 for 2. And then I thought John handled it about as well as he could yesterday. He came back and said, Brent's a good guy. He did. Okay, I missed show, that. I've done shows with Brent. i got to get better at this. I've never been good at these with the networks. I've been bad with the local guys with this. i got to get better. Okay. Now, my hunch is, my hunch is, I think it was heartfelt. And John stepped back and goes, this doesn't look very good. Because yeah. that's Here's the other thing. Brent Harris is standing there with a Raven shirt on. Right. He's part of the Raven broadcast. Team, yeah. Hired by the Ravens to do a job. Right. Paid, not paid by them, but hired by the Ravens, approved by the Ravens. for a ra- So the only people really watching that game are Raven fans. Yeah. And John got to be above that. No yeah. matter what happens, it's part of your pay grade. You are the face of the franchise. And I know it's not easy to walk off the field, sure. compose yourself. But the interview took 23 seconds. Right. So so bite your lip, yep. answer two questions, go in the locker room, and move on. Right. It's part of being professional. Yeah. And I thought John failed the test. He as much as said that yesterday. I'm fine with it. I think it's done. Unless, That's good. Unless it rears its ugly head again. Yeah. Uh, now, there, you know, we were getting calls yesterday. Oh, he's our coach. I love him. He's spunky. That's fine. I think yeah. he's a good coach. 
But there's yeah. a right and wrong way to treat people. Sure. And he, and he failed miserably. And yeah. it's not, I don't think that's, I've done 150 of those interviews. Wow, wow. It, it's, it's something... It's something no reporter wants to do I would, yeah. because the coach doesn't want to do it. Right. He, he's got one foot in the locker room. Yeah. It's like, let's go. Let's get this done. Right. And, and you throw out there a couple of things and you hope to move on. And by the time, watch the next time you watch it, college football, pro football, wherever. As the coach is ending his last statement, he's walking away. He's moving right. already because, he, he, you know, his mind's on his team and getting inside and which, doing what he has which, to do. Yeah, I'm sure most of these But they coaches. make $6.5 million right. a year, and that's one of the reasons. Suck because people watch television <laughs> yeah. and listen to radio, yeah. right? And, well, and Scott, the fans. we didn't tell you that our pastor here makes that much money. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to go there. No, I mean, <laughs> I didn't, well, we didn't want to go there. Scott, yeah. you, you can probably tell by this impressive office combined <laughs> yeah. studio that I'm, I'm living large here. It looks like you've hey. got a working office. Yeah. And yeah. He's looking for an extension on this contract. I am. I am. Trustees have not come back to me on it, but I'm I'm waiting. The Baptist Church down the street's offering them a little bit yeah. more. We're <laughs> My agent's got that. My agent's got that's that a, under under control. But I uh, I was that me. I, I, yeah, that's you. That's you, David. Which is scary. I always wondered. It's interesting you say that. So you were that guy. Were you that guy for Billick ever? Um, oh yeah. Um, not halftime. I, I did yeah. Brian right after the game. He dropped an f bomb. Okay. Live and and he apologized gotcha. a million times. He it, it was over a replay thing. They lost a replay. Okay. And, and he he was trying to explain it, and he said if they're not going to do that, they ought to. And then he dropped. And he uh, we're live, right? Wow. There's no taking that one back. Wow. So he apologized the next day. Sure, and, and that wasn't directed at me. It was no, just he know, was just angry. Yeah, he was yeah. just angry, and he, he lost it. And that it happens. It's a very emotional game. Yeah, they're, they're emotional people, but uh, you got to control yourself a little bit. And uh, do you think some of this is because uh, I heard some people, you know, or saw it on Twitter and stuff? It, is Harbaugh's compo- was his composure so off that night? Because are we getting a sense that he's panicking? About his team, I, I I talked to a reporter today that thought maybe there was some frustration, yeah, because of the way things are going and injuries, and yeah. and maybe he's a little frustrated. I don't know. I have I've always said, and I've been doing this a long time, yeah. that I I always learn more about a player, a coach, a person when they're losing than when they're winning. Interesting, because when when they're winning, everybody's happy and slapping yep. you on the back, and life is great. Yeah, but. Put a guy in a corner when things are going tough, and then you find out more about their character. Interesting. And, and I, you know, is John going to be upset because he's down at halftime in a preseason game? Yeah, he's a coach. Yeah. They always want a, everything to be perfect. It never is. Yeah. But that's what they strive for. Um, I still, I'm, I'm looking at the Ravens, and they have some issues, and I have some questions about them. But I think they're a 10-11 win team probably okay. again. Yeah. If, if they're nine or below, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> sure. But I think the Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals are in – shake them up, put them in a hat. Yeah. And, and one of them will win the division, and one or maybe two of them will make the playoffs as a wild card team. Like I last think they're year. All, yeah. they're, all, yeah. they're all pretty good teams that are going to go after each other and knock each other out, and we'll get into late December and – one of them will be a game up or tied. And, and that's all you can ask. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's fun. a good division. Absolutely. You know, it used to be for a long time, this was a two-division team. It was the Ravens and Steelers. Yeah, that's Every true. year, who's going to win this year? Is it the Ravens, Steelers? Yeah. And then, you know, Marvin got the Bengals. Yeah, He absolutely. elevated them into the picture. Now, they've been terrible in the postseason. Sure. But they're certainly capable of winning the division, being a wild card team. And it's yeah. safe to say that Cleveland will not be one of those teams. <laughs> no, you know, 
And I think they're getting better in some areas. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's pretty simple, guys. If you don't have a quarterback, yeah. if if you're not better than average at that position, it's so hard to win in the game. Yeah. And they haven't found that guy. No. Look, look at the franchises that stumble and fumble. Oakland. Yep. You never found a quarterback. Yep. Still looking for a quarterback. Buffalo, they've yeah. had issues. I mean, since Jim Kelly, who've been their quarterback. Right. And that, that Buffalo team look, looks pretty good. Yeah, they got Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. But there they are again. I said... Rex went from the Jets, who had a lot of good things and a real good defense and no quarterback, and now he's in Buffalo, and he's basically got the same issue. That's true. So Buffalo's got Sammy Watkins, who's a nice young receiver. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They've got a good running game. They've got LaShawn McCoy now. They've got a lot of nice weapons. Defense is pretty good. But if you don't have a quarterback, you're probably right. not winning. Right. Interesting. I think that the, what's going to make the Ravens a, a very solid – and you, you know as well as what it's – the games are won in the trenches, and I think bringing all five starting linemen back this year, I think, is huge for this team. And if yeah. they can stay healthy, if that offensive line can stay healthy, I think it's going to make a huge difference. It's going to make a they're a force to be reckoned with. And you, you know what? They can even sustain an injury or two because I love their depth at offensive line. Urschel yes. and Hurst both showed last year yeah. that they can step in and play. So I think they got seven good offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, that was that was the big swing last year. Yeah. Two years ago, their offensive line was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Now that was the year Ray Rice didn't do anything, but yep. nobody else that carried the ball did either because no, nope. the offensive line was horrendous. And Joe got sacked a ton that oh, year. Oh, it was terrible. Um, so I, I think that was the that was the turnaround of the team last year. The offensive yeah. line came together. Yeah. Uh, Forsett had a big year. What, it, what? Yeah, I think he led the league in average per carry. Yeah. Fifth leading rusher in the league. I think he was. Yeah, that that twenty thirteen year, Scott. I the, the way I looked at it, I thought I I was humbled because I always sort of ripped on Matt Burke mm-hmm. uh, as an old guy. You know, come on, we got to get fresh blood in there. And I think when you saw his departure, yeah, how much more valuable he was to that line than I ever really yep. recognized. Sure. And, and they realized that too, and they went out and got Zuta, right? Exactly. And say we got to get better there because yeah, yeah. we had uh, Gradkowski, right? Yeah, that was Gino. Yeah, it was not. He was a young kid, but yeah. what wasn't real strong at the point of attack. Yeah. I think he's in Denver now. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I know you've got many Ravens questions, Scott. Well, I wanted to talk about you know, but basically. Position by position, I guess we can move on to wide receiver now, and I think that's one of the bigger question marks. Now. Oh, I agree with yeah. Perryman not playing. Yeah. And not, I don't know when he's going to play or if he's going to play at this point. I think that's huge. Yeah, I mean, Steve Smith is a is a very solid wide receiver, but he's not a young. You know, he's he's getting up there in age, and and I don't think he's the deep threat that we really need. And and we were relying on Perryman to add a lot to that, and he's not playing, and that yeah. makes me nervous. I call him Steve. It sounds like a rock group, Steve. Uh, Smith and the question marks. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody there. Yeah, and I mean, what Steve's thirty six, thirty six, I think fifteenth yeah. season. Yeah. yeah, so is you know is that hamstring gonna yeah. go in week four, twelve, or will he make it through his final year? Yeah. And, and he was terrific last year. Great competitor. All all the young guys exactly. watch how he works. But even Perriman now, let's say he's ready to go in two or three weeks. Yeah. Plays in week two or week three. He missed all the training camp. I know, I know. He missed the entire preseason. And if Steve Smith missed all of that and was healthy in week two, fine. Right. He knows the system. Right. He's been out there. But the speed of the game, you know, adjusting to defense is so different for a rookie wide receiver. Yeah. And I think Perriman's behind the eight ball for at least the first half of the season. Wow. And and I would guess if he shows up in week three or four, they'll probably have some packages in for him. Yeah. Some things that he's good at. Well, one thing, you know, run as fast as you can right. to see if Joe can throw the football yeah. out there. You got that play all the yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. But but I I think 
really going to hurt him as a rookie to miss all of that time. It's a shame. A, a veteran. I like the young tight ends. I, mm-hmm. I think I think that group is going to be fine. Uh, does Pitta come back in the second half? I don't know. I think that's – we're hoping for a lot. I think he's dealing with some serious things there. It could yeah. be career-ending. Yeah. We'll see. They put him on the pup today. But Crockett Gilmore is making some plays. He I is. like him. I do, too. Max Williams is raw. He's 21 yep. years old, but he's got talent. Yep. I think he's going to be a good player. Everybody said he was the best tight end in the draft. And the kid from Delaware, too, Boyle. Right, uh, right. looks right. like he's got soft yeah. hands for a big guy, can block. Yeah. So I, I – I wouldn't be surprised to see him go double tight yeah. ends a lot. Sure. Yeah, I was just going to say, who who would be the backup for Perryman? I mean, is it Aiken, I guess? I, I guess Kamir Aiken. Kamir yeah. Aiken right now would be your two guy. If, right. if you had to line up two and Perryman's not ready to go, and then it's then it's a crapshoot yeah. because yeah. You got um, Marlon, Brown. Marlon, Marlon Brown. Brown was good two years ago, kind of disappeared last yeah. year. Uh, Campanero is a nice slot receiver, yeah. but the kid is small and he's been hurt constantly. Yeah, he never stays Soft healthy. Soft tissue injuries. <laughs> yeah. and I think he's going to be the he's going to be the return man this year. Yeah, so maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, Asa Jackson's right. been doing some returning. I'm, I'm not sure Asa's even going to make the final cut. He's one of those guys that could be on the bubble. Wow, wow. So, uh, I mean, would you say it's safe to say without Perryman, we don't have a deep threat? That, in other words, we're going to have to adjust the game to such a yeah. I mean, because uh, you know we don't have a burner, uh, and um, that makes me nervous. Me too, me too. It's, been, it's been an ongoing problem. Defenses can play a little different, and you know what? Torrey Smith wasn't going to the Pro Bowl, right? But he averaged 900 yards a year. Yeah. Here. Yep. And last year he had a ton of uh, penalties down the field where pass interference was called, where it wasn't an eight or 12 or a 14 yard penalty. It was a 25, sure, or 30 yard absolutely, penalty. Yeah. And he was second in the AFC in touchdown catches last year. Yeah. Only Troy Brown, I think, from the Steelers. Yeah. Had Antonio Brown, I'm sorry, had, had more touchdown receptions right, right. than Torrey Smith. So they lost a valuable guy there. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure Perriman Healthy was going to do that this year. Now, eventually, he could, you know, he might go to five Pro Bowls and be a superstar. Sure. But that, that might take a year or two. Yeah. And especially with the injury and, and no camp and no preseason for him this year. Right. He's behind the eight ball. Yeah. What about. Um uh, Shaw, I guess your uh, Happy Joe has never missed a game. Well, yeah, every, everybody is. You know, you know what? I kept hearing, and I did. I don't see much of training camp. A lot of time practices in the afternoon. I'm on the air, but everybody said, "Man, he's had a rough camp." You know? Wow! And, and he said one day, Suggs, Suggs said, "Hey, where are the guys in the purple jerseys?" Yeah. You know, they picked them off two or three times. And, yeah, uh, they were giving him trouble. I thought he played pretty good in the first week. That was the home game with New Orleans. Yeah, he right. came in and made yeah, some plays. He did. And I thought, you know what? And then the two times since, not so good. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the deal. They're into him for $2 million. Yeah. There was a million-dollar signing bonus, and I think uh, a million of his $2 million this year is guaranteed. Yeah. So my hunch is he's going to be the backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He's got a track record, uh, and you hope he doesn't have to play. Joe's been pretty solid. Yeah. But I think because of the financial investment and the fact that he's been in the league a long time, they're going to ro- ride with him. If we hear that he gets cut this week, he was got awful in because right. they, they just ate two million dollars and the, and they're going with a, a, a young kid wow. who hasn't played and Brendan uh, Renner, yeah. Yeah. Who, who has looked pretty good by the way. Actually, yeah, has. I, I, th- I think he's on yeah. the practice squad and they try to develop him. Yeah. Moving on, running backs. Yeah, that's uh-huh. in every position. Well, um, Talia Farrow got hurt. Yep. Right? Yeah. Right. And Buck Allen, Jeremy watches a lot more college football than I do, and he's he, he liked him when they drafted him. Okay, so I think I think he's going to be a player. So mm, so in the preseason hasn't lit it up. 
but I, I think he can play. Mm-hmm. You're hoping Forsett's going to line up and take 70, 80% yeah. of your snaps like he did last year. Now, he's smaller, and he wore down a little late last year. He did, year. he did. If Buck Allen or whoever can take so. some snaps away so he's a little fresher in the second mm-hmm. half, that might be good for the team. Yep, yep. But well, I think they're fine. I think they're. I think they're fine at running back. Yeah, you know, I, I think so. they're fine at quarterback. I like the tight ends. We talked about the offensive line. Biggest question mark for me is that group of wide receivers. But I think you have to factor in tight ends. Kyle use check. They use him with the passing game a little bit. Does he get involved? Um, you know, Steve Smith's going to be involved. You don't have to have superstars, all pros. But if those guys can be fairly consistent, yeah. I think you got enough on offense to win football games. Yeah, you got a real good quarterback. Yeah, what about uh, in, on on the defensive ends? Uh, any concerns about the secondary? Uh, that would be my next yeah. biggest concern. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think we all agree the front seven, even without Nada, I think that group, if, if it stays healthy, Jernigan, Brandon Williams has been real impressive. Uh, guy, they, they they got enough people there. That front seven's going to be fine. The linebackers are good. Dumerville and Suggs are getting to the point. And I don't think it's this year, but maybe in the next couple of years, they're going to start losing a step. Yeah, here and sure. There. They, they played quite a while, but yeah. those two can get after the quarterback. I'd like to see them develop a third pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure who that could be, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, Mosley was fantastic. He was a rookie. Yeah, he went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Smith's a good, solid veteran. So I think that front seven is, is good. Right. They, they, can, they can win with that group. Jimmy Smith back, I think, is one of the – I hate to use the word, he can be an elite quarterback. He got size, speed, he got the whole package. Now he's developing a little experience in the Incredible. league. He looked like a bust after two years. He did. He, he had did. injuries and he didn't play well when he was yeah. out there. And you're trying to, you're starting to think, man, did they waste a pick on this kid? I know. And then he took off. So he's had some health issues. If he can stay healthy, they got one of the best corners in the league. Webb worries me. <laughs> that, yeah, that was going to say. Which brings us to the biggest yeah, question: Darius Webb. Yeah. What now they, is the deal? They brought him? in Kyle Arrington, right, from New England. Sure. Yeah. And I'm getting a lot of comparisons. Who was a slot receiver two years ago that they lost? Left in free agency. It played well. Uh, uh, wait, you mean uh, for the Patriots or no, the Ravens? No, for the Ravens. Yeah. I can't, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, he was a good slot cover guy. Uh-huh. And they think Arrington, very good. They, okay. They, better than advertised. It's oh, not Graham. a nice player. Was it Corey Graham? Corey Graham, Graham right. Yeah, right. Yeah, they right. think he's a Corey Graham right. player. I love Corey maybe, Graham. Maybe yeah. even a little better. So they're yeah. really high on what they've seen from Arrington. Yeah. That's going to help. But I, I think they need a healthy web because yeah. in this league, everybody goes three wide now. Yeah. Well, you, well, you better have three good corners. Uh, Scott, I listened to uh, on your uh, 105.7, the fan station, uh, Vinny, uh-huh. uh, Vinny and Rob Vinny Serato, at, yeah. at 10. Vinny has uh, been pretty critical of Webb, and he, he's made a compelling case for me that said, uh, in all the years he's been with, you know, uh, 49ers, Redskins, it's rare to see a corner come in who fails the conditioning test. You you might expect mm-hmm. that more of a 330-pound lineman yeah. uh, offense defense. You know, that is just a big, burly guy. Their standard's a little lower anyway. But um, Well, one of the things with that, and, and I don't know if it's the case, if he was having back issues or hamstring issues, right. maybe he couldn't train the way he normally yeah. could. Therefore, he's not in the best shape coming in. Yeah. And now he starts pushing it. Right, you know, he passes the conditioning. He starts pushing it, practicing hard, and, and then he pulls the a hamstring. Yeah, hamstring can be related to the back. Right, and and, and that's the fear with him because I, I I've said about him, you see you see Webby out of pads. He's a small guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a small guy with a big heart, and he hits as a cornerback. Oh, he does. He you know, does, yeah. a lot of those guys don't like 
to meet any running back right. coming around the corner. Right. He'd get up there and smack them. Yeah. And, and that, that can take a toll. Yeah. You know? And he's been in the league a few years now, and I'm wondering, big heart, small body, is that body breaking down? Right. It right. looks like it. So... Uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's a big question mark. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite uh, film uh, film reel moments on uh, uh, NFL Network is when uh, Deion Sanders slows down the film, and uh, in the final year, I think we had Ed Reed. You know, he just says, "Now, you know, I want you to look at this play here." And, <laughs> you know, he he says, "Here comes the guy running," and they zoom in on Reed, and you kind of see Reed step around him, uh-huh. and he goes, "This is what I like to call." Making a business decision um, <laughs> yeah, because he is, you know, <laughs> yeah. making a business decision. Well, well, I'm not going to take this hit. No, and, what's you know, interesting in that the first six, seven years of Ed's career, he would have come up and popped. Oh, always big yeah. time. But once he once he injured his neck, that neck shoulder injury was, you know, a lot of guys might have left the game yeah. with that. And he never tackled the same after. He never he, did. He threw guys down. Yep. He had to do it more with his arms. He couldn't get his head in there. And that was a bit. That wasn't a business decision. That it, was a career decision. A- absolutely for Ed because if you watched Ed, probably the first six years or so before the neck injury, yeah. one of the hardest hitters in the game. Right. But after that, he he couldn't play the game the same. He still had the cover skills and the ball skills. Yeah. But he couldn't come up and force against the run and, and do some of the things physically. Right. That he did. Right. Yeah, it was um, interesting. I just heard, I don't know, it was Eisenberg's podcast. I heard an NFL podcast recently where they were talking about uh, Palomalu's uh, retirement. And, and and the guy made the point, he wasn't a Baltimore guy either on this podcast. He said, you know, this is an interesting, I mean, he's no doubt going to be a, a you know, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, which I want to talk to you about yes. before we close and all that. And he said, and he's wonderful, but it's strange that, you know, the guy who's better than him actually played in his division. And he was talking about Edward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, how rare to have two Absolutely. talents of that caliber. I agree. That literally faced off, you know, and, you know, you know, the teams did. I thought that was... Uh, and I, I think I think they're both first ballot guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking yeah. of which... Game changers. Yes, yes. Which, that was a good segue, because i got to ask you about being on the Hall of Fame committee. What yeah. an yeah. honor that's got to be. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about the process. And the- oh, yeah, wow. it, it, I'll tell you what, the first year... And I think this is my 12th year coming up. Um, first year I left the meeting, and I go, you know what? This isn't perfect, but they, they do it right. Yeah. They do it right. Um, it's it's basically paperwork in the early going. We get, I don't know, 140 eligible candidates to start with, and uh, the Hall of Fame sends you a book with comparable stats at every position, guys in the Hall of Fame at that position. And so you've got, you've got a lot of information. And then you start talking to people. So I, I think our first cut down is the 25. We list mm-hmm. our 25 on the ballot, send that in. They come back and ask us to reduce. Then we get down to 25, reduce from 25 to 15. Yeah. That's another paper ballot. And, and, and then at that point, it's Super Bowl Saturday. Yeah. And we meet each year at the site of the Super Bowl. Wow. And the meetings have lasted anywhere from seven and a half to nine hours. Wow. And there is, there is thorough discussion now, the way it works is uh, if I'm the Baltimore guy and Ray Lewis is up this year, yeah. <laughs> I, I present Ray by with about a 10-minute presentation. Sure. So talk about highlights of his career, why I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And then it's an open forum. Yeah. Any, anybody, there's three mics in the room, and you pass it around, and somebody might say, well, what about in 19, 1998, he only had 42 tackles? And I'll say, well, that was the year he missed six games with a hamstring. Yeah. You know, yeah. It might be a question. It might be... Well, I think this guy was good, but you know what? So and so played his position, and his stats are better than that, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. You know, wow. so there might be a negative, 
uh, and it's, it's it can get pretty heated at times. Yeah. It's usually respectful. Sure. But it's a good thorough airing out. So then, then we present all those cases, and we're asked to reduce those 15 down to 10. Yeah. We turn in our 10, so we're not really voting for somebody. We're yeah. doing an elimination. Sure. Thing. So I got my 10. Now we come back. The, the, the CPA, the accountants are in. They leave the room. They come back. We got our 10. Additional conversation. That's usually relatively short. Yeah. Then we go from 10 to 5. Yeah. CPAs come back in, tell us who the five are. At that point, it's a yes or no ballot on those five. Wow. And you need to get 80% yes to be elected. Usually, usually, not in every case, but usually, if you have gone that far and made all those jumps, yeah. it's pretty hard to vote somebody no at that point. Okay. Right. That it's makes sense. It's pretty hard to vote some, somebody no. And, and we always talk about the silent assassins in the room. Yeah. If you don't like this guy, stand up and, and don't just check the no box without... Saying why Without, you're yeah, running, yeah, giving your reasons. Scott, how many are on the committee? I think there's 47 of us. Okay. Wow, they, Scott, they've so added a couple of at large. Basically, have the 30, 32 teams in the league represented, yeah. and then you have several at large sports. So you you are the the guy from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, what an Scott, honor! That. That John Stedman was that guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, Stedman, sure. And uh, before I got on, I think Mike Preston was there for a few oh, years. Oh, interesting, yeah. yeah. And when they approached me, I, I've always loved the history of the game. Oh, yeah. And, and pretty interesting in that I guess I'm old enough where there's not going to be anybody they're talking about now, even in, in the seniors pretty much, that I haven't seen play. Wow. That's cool. You know, because my eyes have been on the NFL since I was 9 or 10. Or you could take about 19. I didn't see Otto Graham. That's, that's the okay. one guy okay, yeah. whose name might come up a lot. I didn't see him. Yeah. But since then, I've probably seen him play. <clears throat> wow. But then you do your homework and you talk to other people. I'll talk to Ozzie Newsom. What do you think about this player versus that player? Wow. Uh, I, I generally tend not to call a, on a teammate. I will occasionally. Yeah. I like to call on opponents. Yeah. I, you know, you're always going to... Let's let's consider this. If a guy's a finalist or one of the twenty five for the Hall of Fame, he was a great player. Right. Just to get that far. Yeah. So so he's gonna be pretty good. If I ask his teammate about him, I'm probably gonna get a glowing report. Wow. If I ask a guy who played against him, who played against everybody else that was good at that period, that might weigh a little more on me. Right. Like Bill Cower gave me some great stuff on Jonathan Ogden. Wow. You know, if Brian if I got that quote from J- Brian Billick in the room, it might not mean as much. Sure. But if Bill Cowher said it, who was his rival, yeah. in the room, you know that writer from Cincinnati might say, "Oh, that's that's pretty good." Yeah. And I, I would yeah. imagine that word of mouth and and other people's opinions, especially for linemen, have to be utmost yes. important because yeah. there's no stats. In baseball, right? Everything's quantifiable, and right. if you're a wide receiver, that's kind of quant. But if you're a lineman, no. sure, that's you got to go on what other people think of you. Well, you look at you, you look at things like all pros, Pro Bowls. You know, was he an Iron Man? Was he lining up? You know, we we had somebody who was it? Who was it last year? I think on offense, it might have been Will Shields, who hadn't missed a, mm-hmm. a start in twelve or thirteen years. You know, so wow. that that carries value. Scott, is but there? It, it's it's imperfect. Yeah, it's just it's forty seven guys who I think care about the job. They just don't mail it in. Sure. They, they, when you see how much it means to families and players to oh. get the honor or not get the honor, that's the responsibility. And to me, the thing that breaks my heart is Art Modell not being I in. I know, I know. And, and, you know, I told Art before he died two or three years, I said, Art, you're a Hall of Famer. It's just a matter of time when the when the guys in that room realize it right. and vote you in. Right, Because of your contributions to this league. Unbelievable. Forget what he did to Baltimore and Cleveland as owners, but his contributions to the league with... 
you know, TV contracts, TV, and Monday Night Football, merging, merging yeah, of yeah, the leagues, right? right? right. And, um, I mean, his hand, his hand was on it's everything. A, it's a crime. Yeah, really. It is. It is. And I, um, uh, just out of curiosity, Scott, do you? Uh, and this might just be personal notes of yours, but like the the Ogden. So you gave the Ogden presentation. Yes, I gave um, Ogden and Art that year because Art was a finalist. Oh, that's right. Art's been a that's finalist, right. I think, at least two times, maybe yeah. three. I mean, Ogden. I imagine he just. See, I mean, I mean, what are the odds? You know, ninety six. We get Ogden Ray Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. I mean, it's got to happen. You, what once in a blue moon? Well, you really got to do your homework to be on this committee. Then. I yeah, mean, oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, I don't want this job. No, no. no it's, it's, yeah. I mean, and, and you get hate mail. You know, why did oh, you that. put this? You idiot. Yeah. And, you know what do you know? It, but it goes with the territory. Sure. I, sure. I, I look at it as an honor. I yeah. mean, we don't get paid. I'm out of my own pocket if wow. I'm not if I'm not traveling to the game and uh, go to a Super Bowl and get a hotel room <clears throat> mandatory four night stays usually wow. and pay for that trip it's it's a couple of bucks I, yeah. I bet I yeah bet. we'll get a golf shirt or something yeah. from the Hall of Fame tell me thanks no I th- I think they care they know the job wow. we do tell me Scott they feed you but it's uh, no they don't. oh <laughs> yeah d- during the yeah we have a nine hour meeting they bring in a box yeah. lunch oh. <laughs> in the middle of it right. Yeah. That's what we do here. Peter King tapped me. No, we didn't. No, we didn't even do that. Yeah. I'm sitting two down for Peter King last year. He taps me and leans over, and I, I thought, what well, you know? What's he said? I'm, I'm making a Starbucks run. Yeah. You want something? <laughs> oh, we had a bathroom great. break coming up. They do. You know, we're getting a little older. They yeah. have to have about four bathroom breaks, about eight minutes, where guys run to the men's room and get back. But it's it's pretty intense. I think we started at 7:30 in the morning and broke up at like four o'clock. Now now they've got that award show. Yeah, that NBC does. Yes. So they announced the Hall of Famers there. So we have a we have a hard deadline because the guys have to be at that yes, show. Yes, yes. So I mean, are you? Uh, do you get to see that show, Scott, or is that something? Oh uh, just... yeah, we actually last year I didn't go, but we're invited. And okay, they, they save seating for us. Was it still um, uh, Alec Baldwin doing the emceeing? Uh, I think he did. I think he did. Yeah. He was funny that that first year I saw now, him. Here, do it, here's he one funny. other thing about that: we don't know who's in the hall when we leave the room. Wow. We know who the finalists are; those yeah. last guys that we voted yes or no, but we don't know the results. Of That's that incredible. Until they make that announcement. Um, well, one one question about that, and then we'll, we'll probably wrap up with just okay. one one or two more questions. Thank you, Scott, for your time. No you, you, you've gone above and beyond. Um, I just got to ask. In this, I don't know if you can tell me. Uh, I was a little shocked. Warren Sapp made it first round. My take uh-huh. on Sap, good player. Yeah, um, I know there's been character issues. I've heard you say on the fan that in the NFL, allegedly you can't factor character. Right. Uh, our bylaws tell us that we're only supposed to judge them for what they did on the field. Okay. We, we you know, we don't play God. Uh, yep. This guy, you know, and, and there's a part of me that likes that because, yep. well, uh, he got busted for this, or he had a domestic violence, or he had steroid, yep. he had a PED issue. Yep. So will that change it? And here, here's the one that's going to create a lot. Um, Darren Sharper had 60-some career oh, interceptions right, right. that says he's probably a Hall of Famer. Right. Right? At least he's a finalist. Yeah. And are we supposed to go in that yeah, room you you know, with what he's been through and what he's charged with? Yeah. And, and, and you know, we, we might lean on the Hall of Fame at some point to say, how do we handle this? And, right. and, and there have been questions asked in the room at times. I remember when John Madden was elected maybe mm-hmm. six, seven years ago, um, somebody stood up and said, are we allowed to talk about the contributions he made to the game? Besides his coaching and being a Super Bowl coach, wh- what he meant to Monday Night Football, what the game Madden has the meant. The Madden video yeah, game, yeah. The, the Madden video game. Yeah. And Joe Horrigan stood up and said, under, the bio- under our bylaws, 
we're only supposed to consider what Coach Madden did. Okay. Because he, he, is, he is nominated as a contributor as a coach. Yes. But he said, he kind of winked at us and basically said, but we would probably be amiss if we didn't consider all his other contributions wow. to the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think that needs yeah. to count some. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. face it. The fans sure. want to see that. Yeah. They yeah. want to see John Madden in the Hall of Fame. Sure. Yeah. And you know what? There, there were two that I remember because it used to be before they start, started the award show that the NFL Network just had a Hall of Fame show. And right. we'd go down there and, and it would be on site. And Madden came in and he went out on stage when they introduced him and he was just beaming. I, I can't <laughs> wow. believe this. This is the greatest day. And he's thrown his arms up and he is just the happiest guy wow. in the world. So that one always stood out to me. The other one was Ralph Wilson, mm-hmm. who when I walked in the room that day and saw who the finalists were, I thought he had zero chance. Yeah. There are a lot of guys that will say, if it comes down to a player and an owner, I'm going player. Of course. And that yeah. can be a personal preference. Yeah. Probably shouldn't be that way, yeah. but some people think it's a player's game, yeah. right? And just the way the – I forget who the other finalists were. I thought, it ain't happening for Ralph Wilson. Yeah. Well, in the end, they added up the votes – Ralph Wilson yeah. was a Hall of Famer that day, wow. and he walked up there, and I think he was 94 or 95. Wow. He was still sharp, and he was beaming, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I didn't think I was voting for him. when we- Once he made the finalist, I, I voted yes. Yeah, right. right. I-, I said, there was no way I thought he would be standing up here today, and this is pretty neat because the guy's alive. He- it happened before he's gone. That's and- incredible. And-, and-, and Ralph Wilson, I mean, he- those built teams did go to four straight yeah. Super Bowls. And he had a lot of chances to move him to other cities for yep. more money because yep. Ralph Wilson was from, I think, Gross Point, suburban Detroit. Oh, okay. He wasn't a Buffalo guy, yeah. but he would never move that team. Wow. And he saw to it that they stayed in Buffalo during, during that whole stay. So wow. that, was, that was pretty neat. Well, Scott, we want to give you uh, 24 hours to decide which of the three of us you're going to pass the mantle on for that Hall of Fame committee. So just let us know. Yeah, the guy uh, whose nose I broke. Yeah. I, I owe him something. Right. <laughs> he, he, he deserves blood spoke. money, Greg. Blood, blood money. money. Blood money. Literally. <laughs> was, was there any debate? Can I ask on Warren Sapp? Just surprised uh, me a little. No. I didn't think he'd go in the first round. No, um, I think he was dominating at that position. Okay, sure. You, you know what? Um, I'm not supposed to tell to- stories out of room, but I'll, I'll tell this one because yeah. I think he has told it. Um. The guy who presented him stood up and said, I'll clean it up a little, but he said, I never liked Warren Sapp. Yeah. And Warren Sapp was a blank hole to a lot of yeah. us, <laughs> but he's a Hall of Fame football player. Wow. You know, and then he went into the presentation, he, and he's a good, crusty guy that everybody likes. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I thought he had a chance. I, I wasn't sure he was a first ballot okay. guy. Okay, yeah, that's, that's I what I thought. I wasn't sure he, yeah. he was a first ballot guy, and I didn't like him either. I always thought he came <laughs> off as arrogant. Yeah. I remember the block he threw on Chad Clinton. Oh, that was the cheapest shot I've ever seen. changed the rules since right, then, right. so you can't do that. So I never liked that about him. But they talked about Tony Dungy's defense and how it had to be played and the gap control up front. Right. and. You know, his numbers are pretty compelling. For no, he does have good numbers. For a guy who was a run stuffer, he had yeah. a ton of sacks, too. Yeah, wow. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think, oh, my God, how, how did he get in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought he had a chance to get in, maybe not the first year. Yeah. And sometimes it depends what, you know, a lot of things in, in life are luck. Yeah. Who else is going in that? Somebody was talking to me about Kurt Warner, and I said, I think he's going to get in. Yeah. He had some great postseasons. He's two-time MVP. Is he two-time MVP? 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Super Bowl yeah. MVP, regular season MVP. Right. I said, think what the Rams were before he got there, right. where they went after he left. Think where the Cardinals, Cardinals were before he got there. Yeah. And, and, you know, if the Steelers don't make that great drive and great catch in the end zone, he, won. Wins, he yeah. wins two Super Bowls. So I said, I think he's in. I said, he might go in this year. And then I went, oh, wait a minute. Brett Favre, he's eligible this year. Okay, yeah. So yeah. there's probably, if there's five, there's probably not going to be two quarterbacks. Right. I mean, it could happen. Right. I think uh, Steve Young went in with another quarterback one year. Uh, but I, I think Warner gets in. But sometimes it's timing. Who else is in your class that year? Yeah. It's a strong year. If Ogden, if there were two other offensive linemen that year that were candidates, and Ogden was there, maybe one of them would get in, but not two of them. Wow! Yeah. How long have you been doing this, Scott? I think this will be my twelfth year. Wow! Yeah. I got the I got the gold watch or whatever they give you a, a ten year, uh, ten year gift. And John Steadman was the guy. Before. Oh, John did it for years and years. Yeah. Wow. Good company, right? Yeah, absolutely. Man, I don't I don't want to wrap it up, neither, but I know we need to. We do. Wait, yeah. Well, we got to get Scott How about back. Quick prediction. Oh yeah, for the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I said today on the show. I, I think they're they're that team we've been seeing for years. They're they're ten wins or so, maybe eleven. If it was nine or under, I'd be disappointed. I, I think they're they're a good solid organization. I would agree. Yeah. You know, if Ozzy if Ozzie thinks they're really deficient in an area, he'll make a late move. He'll give up a fifth round or sixth round pick, and they'll bring a veteran in from yeah. somewhere else. So if you don't see any of those moves, that tells me that he's pretty happy with the team they have. I know this in the off season. And camp hasn't gone great because of some injuries and things. In the off season, internally, they're not going to pound their chest. They like this team a lot. Right. Coming into this season. Right. Yeah. yeah. And is uh, personal question: Green Bay still your team? Is that, is that who your heart soars yeah. for? Yeah. You know, yeah, you can't, my, my, you can't my change that. My yeah. buddies at home. Now, I did two games at Lambeau. Yeah. I, I still I'm going back September. The Packers open up with Seattle on a Monday night right. game. Ravens are out in Oakland that week. Yep. So I'm going back with eight guys I went to high school with. We pick oh, a game a neat, year, neat. and we go down and tell stories and, and, and hit a Packer game. So these guys were saying to me when I was doing Raven games, come on, you're still pulling for the Packers. And yeah. I go, no. I said, I travel with these guys. Yep. I'm doing all the games. I said, it's the one time a year yeah. where I'm not a, I'm not a Packer fan. And I said, now, if the Ravens were... Two and fourteen, and the Packers yeah. <laughs> were, you know, eleven and four, and yeah. it meant the playoffs. I might say, uh, you know, if they win, I wouldn't care. Right, but you know, they're my childhood team. I'll sure. always root for them when yeah. they play. When they play the local team, maybe yeah. not. Right, but the rest of the time, that's my team. That's were you uh, in your in your time in uh, in Wisconsin? Were you uh, were the were the Bra- uh, Braves in, in Milwaukee? Milwaukee Braves oh, were course. my baseball. Yeah. I, my two brothers were both Tiger fans, and I guess you know, just to keep the house kind of active. Milwaukee Braves were my team. I was like 14 when they moved to Atlanta. Yeah, that must and have been I, 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 It was. We, we went through, my teams keep moving on me. You know, yeah. The Colts, right. I, I got That's here true. and the Colts yeah. moved. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And I followed them in Atlanta for about two years. You know, some of the same guys were there, and then gradually you're not hearing them on the radio and sure. seeing them as much. And, and were you yeah. there when... So the, the Orioles are my team. Right. Yeah. yeah. Were, were you there when the Brewers, that was 69? Yeah, yeah. I never really, you know, I kind of pulled for them, but they weren't very good. They actually had a year or two in between where the White Sox tried to tap into the Milwaukee market, and they'd play eight or ten home games I in Milwaukee. Know. Then oh, in interesting. Stadium. People yeah. forget that they the, the Brewers were the Seattle Pilots. The for, Pilots for, for a year. one year. Yeah. yeah, they were the Seattle Pilots. They were supposed Pilots. to build yeah. a stadium, and it fell through, yeah. and yeah. they came to Milwaukee. And, and, and the Brewers. I remember 12 years. I was about 12 years old, Scott. They knocked us out, remember, in 82. 82. Oh, Harvey's Wallbangers. That, oh. that four-game series was, my, that was baseball at its I have time. said this. If I have to list, list my five best sports days in Baltimore yeah. – 
That was one of them. And we lost the game. We'd, yeah. Yep. It was a beautiful fall day. It was mm-hmm. Sutton against Palmer. Palmer, I remember. Remember, yeah. it was a four-game series, yep. and yeah, the Orioles had to sweep yep. to win. Yep. And they won the first three. three. Oh. So the emotion in the ballpark that day was fantastic. It was also Earl Weaver's yep. last game. That's right. That's he had announced right. it. Well, it was just, we kept we kept saying to Earl when he came back, "Hey Earl, you giving the gifts back?" Yeah, because they gave him all these going away gifts, and then he came back. Right, Earl, the pre- you returning the present? I ah, shut up, you yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> that was the famous yeah. Howard Cosell. That, oh, yeah. Howard, Howard's finest moment. So here you have the Orioles have lost. I mean, all the airs out of the stadium. Oh, we're not going to the playoffs. Earl. Fans wouldn't leave. Yeah. They want Earl. They're calling for Earl. Wild Bill's on the dugout yeah, smelling dude. Orioles. Yeah. Earl comes out, tears streaming down his face Man. at home wow. plate. He's waving to the crowd. Harvey Keene comes out of the Brewers dugout, yeah. their manager. Yeah. He hugs Earl. Yeah. And the place is going crazy. Yeah. And it's yeah, I said this, I said this you know, twenty one thirty one was fantastic. Sure. We're celebrating yeah. 20, but we knew what that was gonna be. It was orchestrated, yep. it was planned, you know, planned for weeks. Yep. This thing just happened. Spontaneous. Was, wow. That and an, another one that's pretty special, the last game at Memorial Stadium for, oh, for a million right. reasons. But how about when the Orioles started 0-21 in 1988? I'm back. out on the road with them. Yeah. And, and um, they're, they're doing, they start around 0-15 doing, we're going to do a fantastic fans night. When the road trip's over, yeah. they're bums, but there are bums. Right. And we're going to try to sell out the stadium. And I'm on the road trip, and I'm telling players they've sold 40,000 tickets for the game. Yeah. You know, guys are going, you're kidding me. Yeah. Now they're owing 17, they're owing 18. Yeah. They finally, they win in Chicago. Right, right, right. And then they lost another. I think they came home, they were like 1-22 yeah. or something. Yeah. And the place is sold out. Yep. Yeah. And that I, w- I was doing an on-field ceremony before the game. Fantastic. They asked me to MC it. And they gave me a script, and I'm going through a script. And somebody comes up to me, and they said, I've got a change in the script. Uh, introduce was he mayor or governor Schaefer at the time? This would have been 1988. I forget. Anyway, they yeah. said bring him out. Yeah. So I call on Schaefer. Schaefer comes out, grabs the mic, and says, "See that man up there? Yeah, it was Edward Bennett Williams, and he, he he had been diagnosed with cancer. He's very sick. Yeah, he said we we've spent today together." And we've got a special announcement. We're building a new ballpark at Camden Yards. Wow. And they made the announcement to the fans that night yeah. wow. of the new stadium. I've heard John Miller say that that was one of his most favorite games that he ever did that, wow. that day. And here, here's a guy's broadcast. Oh, yeah, series. absolutely. He's done it all. Great moment. And he said that was one of the all-time great moments yeah. for him. That, been, that game. Wait, right. wait, wait, let me wrap it up with this. Is How lucky have I been to be in this town? Oh, wow. Keith, Keith Mills and I did that because John had to be on the field. The last game at Memorial Stadium. Right. So we were up there with, you know, tears in our eyes and every shot of the fans. You could see tears rolling down, and then they'd cut out on the stadium and yep. Palmer's crying. And, yeah. Oh, that, that's what did it for me when that, Palmer's crying. And hearing Chuck and hearing Chuck broadcast with yeah. Mike Flan, Mike oh. Flanagan struck out the last. Oh, yeah, he did the, oh. the last inning. Yeah, yeah and that's just yeah. hearing Mike Flanagan. You know that. Yeah. Wow. The emotions attached to that now. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. So. So that's, how lucky have we been to be in this town? To yes, have we are. Guys like Brooks and Johnny Yu and Ray Lewis oh. and the, the great players that have played in the city. Incredible. It, it makes me think of uh, that line, Scott, you like in Moneyball. You know, how can you not be romantic about this game? Oh, that's yeah. a great Which you can apply to either. That's, but the, it's... that's the scene where the little, the little guy that's chubby falls. Oh, he Remember falls, he yeah. over first base. <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't even know, but he hit a home run. And yeah. there. That was a great line. Was. How could, could you not, not be? This game. Yeah. Thank you, Scott, so much. Oh, good to be here. Yeah. All right. So great we're going to go ahead and sign off. The voice has come back. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much for joining us, gentlemen. We just rocked the Casbah. Mr. Garceau rocked it. <laughs>